Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Puzzle Podcast. I'm your new co-host, Kurt Jancher. My partner and colleague, Brandon Evans, um, couldn't be on here tonight with us, so I'm just coming at you live from Plymouth, Minnesota. Um, you know, it's it's Friday night here. Uh, snow has fallen. Already gotten about four inches or so. Um, you know, t- just time to kick back and and listen to a podcast from us, um, or from me, I should say. Um, just wanted to give you a little intro about me, um, my fantasy sports experience. You know what what my interests are, and, and then kind of go over the World Series a little bit, um, the big news in the NFL with Ezekiel Elliott, and then uh, to basically just cover up, you know, kind of recap Thursday night football game, and see some standouts and and some disappointments that. Uh, that occurred on Thursday. So, um, just to get a little into it about me, um, you know, born and raised here in Plymouth, Minnesota, um, worked downtown with Brandon, um, at Wells Fargo, um, went to college up at St. John's university, go Johnny's, um, you know, UST St. Thomas. Yeah. We don't like you guys. So, um, Always go Johnny's. Big baseball, big football, hockey, basketball. Um, big fans of that. Basically, anything I can, you know, do to stay active, and um, you know, anything with a pro sports team in Minnesota, I'm kind of a fan for. So, um, you know, hobbies include anything with sports. Um, you know, I really like to, I like to work out. Um, not in the sense that I take it seriously as in, you know, any competitions or anything like that, but, you know, I like to live a healthy lifestyle. And I think that, uh, you know, working out is not only helping your, your body get into better shape, but it also kind of helps your heart and your mind to stay healthy and stay passionate and motivate yourself to, you know, to strive to be better. So that's what I also like, um, in terms of working out. Um, I did play baseball at St. John's University, actually, and I was a uh, starting catcher in all four years. Um, and then my senior year, I became the closer for our pitching staff and um, had some good success with that. I was actually the 2015 MIAC, which is the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. I was the MVP of that conference, so it's a very very near and dear to my heart uh award that I received and luckily enough I was able to use that award and the experience and um, results that I had in that season to you know to really propel myself and try and push baseball to the next level and I even had some tryouts with some Minnesota uh, with the Minnesota Twins I had two of them and um, I had some tryouts with other pro teams as well and you know nothing came out of that but I just you know fueled my passion for sports and really drove me to you know be a better person and um, you know, don't take anything for granted because it could be, you know, could be gone in an instant if they say no or if someone, you know, doesn't like you. But you just, you just keep trucking on. Um, a little bit fantasy baseball and football and um, have been my, you know, my mainstays as far as fantasy sports. Um, you know, this year I just started getting into basketball more. Um, a lot of my friends uh, are into that kind of thing. And, you know, I wasn't always, I was never very good at basketball. I didn't really play a whole lot growing up, but I've always, you know, had a lot of respect for the athletes. I think they're incredible athletes. Um, Obviously some of the 
biggest and fastest and strongest uh, human specimens out there. So um, got a lot of respect for them, baseball and football mostly for me. Um, So that's where my expertise is. And, you know, I think that uh, um, I can really, you know, give you some some good advice in in that sense. So let's jump right into the uh, little bit of the World Series Game 7 recap. Uh, It was a hell of a series honestly um the best one honestly from what from what i can remember you know i'm only i'm i just turned 25 so from what i can remember um you know some of the best games ever and arguably you know the 13 to 12 game in which the astros came out on top that was absolutely insane i just uh it still shocks me at how it turned from a pitcher's duel with Kershaw and Keuchel into the most epic playoff hitting duel of all time. Uh, home run left and right. It was basically the home run derby in a playoff game uh, when it mattered most, and guys were absolutely clutch. Um, and it, it was just so impressive to see happen right in front of our eyes. Um, but anyways, Game 7 recap. You know, Astros won um, the series. I think it was... Uh, you know, like five to one or whatever. It was just kind of over early, honestly. Um, it, it, you know, it really, um, George Springer, what, what, what else can I say, man? He, he kind of put the game away early with his, you know, with his leadoff double and, um, and then it gets over with Bragman and what, you know, they just, just score early and it sets the tone for the whole game. And then Springer comes up and, hits the the home run off Darvish you know it's just that was a missile by the way um and the fact that it was 95 on the inner half of the plate and he's just pulling that thing to left center on a rocket you know that's uh it's impressive in itself um you know he had one of the greatest world series of all time in terms of stats and extra base hits tied in home runs and um you know his slugging and OPS was up there too so it's you know it it was pretty impressive to say the least and um doesn't go lightly against a very good pitching staff in 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 la so um and i mean you have the best pitcher in the world in clayton kershaw on that team and you know i'm not exactly sure how he did against kershaw himself but um you know regardless you have to still produce at the biggest stage and he did that um so he got mvp and deservingly so he got it um but carlos correa you know, uh, he got uh, he got two rings in one night. I don't know if you saw that or not, but um, right after he wins the World Series, he in a, in mid interview he uh, he he proposes to his his now fiance. He proposed to his girlfriend, and she said yes. So congrats to him. Um, just to cap off the greatest night um, of your baseball career, you you know you get you you get engaged. So um, you know I. Another point that I wanted to kind of touch on is how much I thought that you Darvish was a major disappointment. I know the Dodgers gave up, you know, what was thought to be a lot to get him, and he had been so dominant and things like that in the in the, at times in the AL. But you know, he's he was pretty erratic with his control, and you know he he has a lot of movement on his pitches, and he has like seven pitches. But when you come from a division that faces the Dodgers you know he was on Texas who who faces um, 
the Astros, I should say. I said Dodgers before. Um, when he, he came from Texas, plays the Astros, you know, multiple times a season. You know, I'm sure they have tons of people scouting him all the time. Um, I After his first outing, you know, it, when he struggled that much, I honestly wouldn't have let him start that game. And I know you can say that in hindsight and all that, and Kershaw came in and pitched scoreless innings, but – you know, when a team is that comfortable and has seen you multiple times before that, it's it's really not like, I mean, baseball and hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. And I'd love to argue anyone and with anyone about that. So, but regardless of if it's difficult or not, when you've seen a guy before, you kind of know his tendencies and you know what, you know, what he likes to do when. So for him to have a bad first start and then come out in the most important game and then blow it again I, I mean I would have just you know probably went a different direction but um, you know you got to show faith in your players and he's had a career of you know very very good numbers so I mean I can understand where they're coming from <clears throat> uh, another kind of disappointing guy in the whole series almost was was Cody Bellinger after the monster rookie season he put up when you know, he was just thinking that he was going to be a September call-up is what he thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. And then they put him in the lineup, and he just goes monstrous numbers, 40 home runs or something like that, and just, you know, mainstay in the four-hole in that lineup. Um, always able to produce runs with how much, you know, Seager and Turner and Chris Taylor get on. Um but it was really interesting to see how the Astros exploited his strikeout tendencies. So um, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if if he struggles in his sophomore year, if kind of other teams, if they picked up on that or not. Um, you know, because he, he has the greatest upside. I mean, he's a terrific defensive first baseman. He's got a lot of power and speed. Um, but it's just whether he can, you know, limit the strikeouts. So... I guess we'll see about that. Um, so that's just a little bit of uh, the World Series recap that I wanted to go through. Um, but we have some pretty big news about the, the NFL if we jump into that. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the Second Circuit Court granted him a temporary stay of his suspension. So now he's el- eligible to play Week 9 against the Chiefs. Um, for all you Ezekiel Elliott owners out there, I'm sure you're ecstatic. And for you Alfred Morris owners that don't have Ezekiel Elliott, I'm one of them. I apologize and it's you know, it's tough. It's tough something. I'm just sick of this whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, man. They just need to figure out the legal system and and you know, what's what's done should be done and they should, you know, I think they should just make a ruling and stick with it. Other I mean, it's it's kind of getting ridiculous in my opinion. So, um, you know, we're not, we're, I mean, we're not even going to get away from this legal drama. seems like every week, it's just going to keep occurring and, um, and things like that. But, um, as far as Alfred Morris, you know, Rod Smith and Derek McFadden, you know, they're not going to be usable in fantasy for week nine. Um, and Zeke's status is really in question for the fantasy and, uh, real playoffs, um, in the NFL, because I mean, if it's lo- the longer he pushes back his, um, suspension this year, I mean, it could even carry over into next season if, you know, if they don't make the playoffs too. So that's kind of a, it's kind of a bummer. Um, 
I mean, it's it's great to have him back, but I'm sure owners would love to have him uh, in the in the postseason when it matters most. Um, jumping into the Thursday night football game, uh, just kind of, you know, I didn't watch a, a whole lot of it. Um, it was kind of a boring game for the most part with the Jets kind of running away with it early and then the Bills uh, they had a lot of just garbage time stats and um, a few standouts though Tyrod Taylor most of the production from garbage time but nonetheless 285 two touchdowns in the air 35 rushes rush yards and a touchdown on the ground I mean you'll take that all day from a guy you most likely either you know picked up this week or he's just kind of Maybe not your number one QB, but, you know, great production. Um, Josh McCown, what can I say? I mean, the guy's like the ultimate game manager, but still somehow just gets it done. Um, He didn't have a pretty line with the 140 pass yards or, you know, only 13 rushes, rush yards, excuse me. But, um, you know, a touchdown through the air and on the ground. So he's – the big thing, he's just – he didn't make any mistakes. Um and I know the Bills had one in their grasps um, at, yeah, at the early part of the game, but, you know, you just got to get lucky sometimes. And I was really disappointed mostly of the Bills. Um, you know, I thought they'd put up a way better fight, especially with their defense. So I'll touch on that later. But um, Deontay Thompson, um, seven catches, 81 yards, and, a, and one touchdown on 10 targets. Um, you know, I think this could be a – I, I, this came out of nowhere, honestly. I mean, with Calvin Benjamin being out, um, obviously someone else and other guys had to step up, and in this case, Deontay Thompson. But, um, I mean, it was a very solid game. Uh, he had 10 targets. Anytime you get, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 targets, you've you got to be at least having a good um, connection with your quarterback and everything like that. So, um, you know, I, I, this is kind of a fluky game. He uh, – I wouldn't really say he's worth a pickup, you know, because Calvin Benjamin's gonna, you know, slot into that number one spot. And, um, but on specific matchups, you know, he could be a, a wide receiver three, but um, I'd say he's mostly a wide receiver four. You know, something lower end, but not the worst option if you just had to had to get him. But uh, I mean, if if I, if a couple of the other guys, you know, if Benjamin gets hurt or Jordan Matthews or Zay Jones, you know. If they get hurt, Deontay is definitely worth a look. Um, but he's a nice standout for me. Um, another standout for the Jets, Matt Forte, of course. Um, it was nice to see him score two times, but mostly Bilal Powell did all that lifting on one of those runs, so or on one of the drives. Um, yeah, it was nice to see. Four targets, four catches, um, very efficient running line. Um what can you say about the old vet? He just, you know, he just continues to get it done. You know, if it's not pretty, you know, he'll just clean up, um, clean up the drive and finish it off just the way you like it. Uh, Zay Jones, uh, it was nice to, you know, see some production, even though, um, you know, hit obviously all these wide receiver roles for the bills are going to decrease a little bit with, uh, with the presence of Kelvin Benjamin moving forward. So, um, you know, don't take these lineups, you know, to heart too much or don't take the, the stats to heart too much because um, you got to be 
you got to be cautious and be aware that Kelvin Benjamin's going to steal a bunch of those targets. So, uh, but nonetheless, six fifty-three and a one one touchdown is on seven targets is nice. He got hurt early, but returned in the second half, so it was nice to see that he didn't really um, hold back um, when he came back. So, um, Jordan Matthews, that uh, was kind of a kind of a disappointing game I mean they traded for him so you'd think that he'd maybe be more of a focal point in their offense of um you know the the in terms of you know catches I know he had eight targets but catches six six catches not too bad but it it'd be nice to see him do a little bit more with those I mean 46 yards isn't the worst but no no touchdowns or anything like that so um you know you're just looking for better production out of the guy that's supposed to be your you know your number one um especially if you make a, a big trade for him in the offseason. Um, Robbie Anderson for the Jets. Nice line again. Four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, on only five targets, they had the game pretty much in hand. Um, they didn't need, didn't need to throw a lot, but um, when they did, you know, Robbie Anderson basically uh, got a lot of the work. Um, it was nice to see from him. I know I picked him up in a league where I had Kelvin Benjamin. Um so that was nice last moment pickup and he ended up paying off. So um pretty happy about that. Um Bilal Powell continues to be very, very efficient. Um nine rushes, seventy four yards. Uh I mean that's eight eight plus yards of carry. So how can you um not feed him the ball? You know, it's uh it's tough that, you know, Forte um kind of vultured one of his touchdowns after Powell was pretty gassed after a long run so um I mean it was nice to see Bilal Powell do well and but you know if they if that game's not such a blowout I think he probably gets a few more targets than he got zero though this game so and the big disappointment of the game obviously LaShawn McCoy man that was tough um tough to just see tough to watch tough to read about it's 11 carries, 25 yards, and no catches. He had one target. To put this in perspective, he had three rec- three catches in every week prior to this week. Not all, not targets, catches. So he's at least involved in the passing game. He's involved in the running game. Um, you know, I would. I mean, they got down early. Their defense couldn't really do a whole lot um, to stop them, stop the Jets, and. I, but, you know, I thought he'd at least catch a bunch of passes, you know, check downs, get the ball in his hands, um, let him make a play. I'm always a big component of getting the ball into the guys that – into the hands of the guys that can, you know, make people miss or, you know, are speed bur- speed burners and just – you know, it, it really baffles me that they just kind of just went away from him and, um, you know, didn't call some screens or, you know, draw plays and spread the defense out. I, I don't know. You know, if if it were me, I'd I'd be pretty frustrated if, if I were LaShawn McCoy. So, um, but going forward, I mean, I don't think you really have to worry if, about him. Um, you're you're going to start him. He's, you know, a top five RB, RB in, um, in the league. So you're going to start him regardless of his matchup. And I think it's only going to get better from here. I would expect more weeks like the ones in the previous two than more uh, than weeks like this. So Austin's Ferry and Jenkins was a, was a pretty big dud. Two catches, twenty yards, no touchdowns. I mean, he is uh, he is kind of one of the 
the streaming tight ends and you can't really guarantee anything. Um, but you know, it would be nice to see a little bit more production out of him. I mean, considering that, uh, OJ Howard and uh, Mike Evans just went, you know, for what, six and 98 and a two touchdowns and then seven for 88 and a touchdown against the bills. And Cameron Braid even had six catches for 60 yards yet alone. Um, I mean, that was a, that was a more high scoring game and it was kind of like the bucks were just chasing points, but you know, um, you would have thought that Safarian Jenkins could have, uh, at least put up some better production against that same bills defense. And so that was a little disappointing, but, um, you know, what can you do? You should have, you just got to move forward play him against, you know, good matchups. Um, I wouldn't really expect him to provide a whole lot of value. Um, but, uh, and then another big kind of disappointment I thought was the Buffalo defense, you know, the jets offense isn't really known for, you know, they're, they're not, they, they, I mean, they don't, wow anybody i mean the, the bills defense has been very solid all year um which a lot of people thought was surprising but they've been playing solid all year and somehow they just you know didn't really f- force any turnovers or anything like that they had one sack all game gave up 34 points um so i mean you, it's just unfortunate to see and i'm not really sure what their interest level was <laughs> after halftime i mean they saw it was um, I don't know. They they had like a lot of. I mean, it was what only ten to seven at halftime. So you thought they should have, um, they should have had a lot more energy and focus. But it seemed like they came out really flat in the second half, and they just didn't really perform up to standard. Um, and it showed. They gave up, you know, a lot of rushing yards, and I mean, it was just a game management point of view from Josh McCown's side. So, um pretty disappointing night from them I guess on the road it's a little tougher but um still would have thought when the Jets are not very good offensively but somehow they have four wins so um yeah just a little wrap it up about the the podcast um again my name is Kurt Jancher uh you can follow me on Twitter at fantasy DNA um no spaces shouldn't matter um give us a shout out this is uh, the sports puzzle podcast uh, on Twitter at sports puzzle one word. Um, and we kind of like to end the show, um, with a little bit of a, a little bit of a trivia question or a little puzzle, something to keep your mind active and get you intrigued about sports. Um, um, and I was going to kind of go off the, off the rails of the baseball football wagon, but, um, I was going to jump into the NBA side. So as of tonight, 11-3-2017, November 3rd. Um, it's Friday night. So as of tonight, there is a, a stud power forward slash center um, in, the NBA, in the NBA that averages more assists than John Wall right now in the NBA season. Um, if you can name this correctly, you will get a shout out on Twitter and we will, uh, be sure to bring back another podcast. Um, I'm thinking we'll hopefully get one to you, uh, later this weekend or for sure, not for sure next week. Um, so appreciate you all listening and, uh, keep in touch. Thanks. Bye-bye.